Welcome to A Medic's Mind, the podcast. Thank you very much for being here. Man, I've been on the hunt for the past week for PlayStation 5. I know, first world problems, but it is a mission impossible, an exercise in futility, an absolute redundant thing to do because it is just not happening. (laughs) Uh, I don't know if any of you out there are lucky enough to have had one or gotten one or have any tips or tricks, but if you can let me know, send me an email. That'd be great because... this is, it has not been working out. I've had my girlfriend on the case. I've had the twins on the case. Uh, even my brother has been emailing me every now and then, letting me know, hey, check this check this site at this time. There could be stuff available. Nope. Doesn't happen that way. So, but that leads me into um, kind of the why. I mean, it is getting to the season. Yes, yes, the Christmas season. That season. Um, and, uh, and I... So I have an episode for you today, a blog read, and uh, it's a bit of a heavier one. It's a bit of a, it was a tough one to write. It was a tougher one to read. Uh, The beauty of recording not live is that you guys can't tell when I get upset about something. You guys can't tell when I'm actually emotionally impacted by something uh, because I have the ability to pause, turn off, erase, change, reread, redo something, or even omit something. And, uh, but this piece was really difficult to read, um, on, on a few different levels. And I think, I think maybe just uh, emotionally I'm, I'm more, um, you know, hypersensitive this year, uh, mainly just in due partly to, to life changes. You know, the fact that I'm in a, in a whole new surrounding in a whole new uh, situation, both in it's a good situation living with my girlfriend and her kids. It's, it's fantastic. There's no, uh, there's no issues there. It's just, it, it's a new environment. It's a new thing to get used to. Plus this is the, you know, the first year without, um, my sister Lisa and, uh, and another passing year without my mom. So there's a lot of heft that, uh, sits with me during this time of year. And, uh, my, my intent for releasing a podcast now, albeit holiday themed, and I know some people might jump on me for releasing something at this time, as opposed to in December, but when is the right time really for holiday stuff? See, I like to drag it out um, to try and, you know, uh, suck every ounce of the holiday season uh, that I possibly can. Uh, now, albeit this episode is not Yuletide, Joy, and Festivus, um, probably anything but. Uh, but the reason I'm releasing it now as opposed to in December is because in December, I'd like to focus my efforts on releasing lighthearted Christmas tales of a medic's mind, the podcast, whether it be calls I've been to, uh, or, you know, things of my childhood that are a little more, uh, uplifting and happy. Um, and maybe, maybe I'll try a fiction piece. I don't know. Uh, I generally don't write fiction, so it's, it's a little difficult for me, but, uh, I'll see what I can do. But December, I'm, I'm trying to devote December 
to releasing episodes that are light, uplifting, and of course, holiday themed. I missed out on the the Halloween stuff this year. I'm not going to miss out on the holiday stuff, but this is probably the episode kicking it off. Um, And then next episode is an actual interview I had with somebody that uh, is on a writing group that I belong to. Uh, So that's not really holiday themed. But then after that episode, uh, it will be holiday themed. So this episode is called Not on Christmas. And uh, and it is um, it was heavy. It was it was tough. So I'll give you guys a warning. Uh, It is a heavy it is a heavy one. It is a tough one. But um, it it felt necessary for me to write uh, because, you know, writing for me is an exercise in catharsis and and sort of a steam valve for me. So I released it. Um, and I'm gonna I'm gonna play it for you guys here, and I hope that you guys take something from it, um, not just doom and gloom or dreariness, because there is a hopeful note at the end of it, and that's what I hope you guys take away from it. So uh, I'm I'm gonna read it for you now. It's called "Not on Christmas," and I hope you guys are safe out there and safe throughout this holiday season. This is episode one of the holiday themed season thing that I'm gonna do. Anyway. This is it, not on Christmas. Medic one, you're responding. Code four. Story time. How do I explain that I both love and detest Christmas? In what grouping of randomized sentences could that assertion ever make sense? I guess to start, I could remark upon my boyish delight for this season. As a child, there's a wonderment to this fleeting time of year. A sort of majesty that does not exist on any other month of the calendar. The countdown to the big day. Wondering if that one special wish is wrapped neatly under the tree. Had Santa come? Was I good enough? Oh, what will it be? I was fortunate in that I was gifted some remarkable Yuletide moments as a kid. I got my much-requested and revered authentic Superman action figure, complete with flowing red cape. I received my first gaming console from beneath a nictating pine. A big deal to me because something of that cost seemed so out of reach for my family and its modest bank account. But somehow, Mum found a way. Well... Actually, it was my older brother, Jonathan. He was the one to ensure that on Christmas morning, I would wake to find the once unattainable waiting for me, gift-wrapped and forefront on display, a brand new Nintendo 64. To Matthew, love, Santa. Many hours of my urchin existence reside within the wiring of that plastic contraption. Priceless memories of getting to that next level or eagerly awaiting the release of its latest video game. But then there are the other memories. The ones where family fights erupted and cacophonously echoed throughout our penurious domicile. When hiding upstairs in my room so as to avoid the percussive shouts, I could see the flicker of red and blue lights invade through my window and its lace curtain. The police were outside. They came with tidings of complaint. The neighbors wished us silent. Upon their departure, all throughout the house, not a creature stirred, not even a mouse. It had truly become a deafeningly 
Silent Night. Those are the kid memories. Flash forward to me as an adult and it is likely that on a blackened Christmas night, I was now the one responding with lights aglow to homes where noise was bellowed. Family fights, assault, drunk and overdosed, sad and stricken. These are the unasked for stocking stuffers of a paramedic on Christmas. They were busy shifts. A lot of sad people dwell among the sparkle and glow of Christmas. I remember one such home on a long, lonely Christmas night. It was late and I was tired. The shift had seen us go from one call to the next. We were not jolly nor saintly, but we did bring the gift of hope to those who so desperately sought it. We were in the south end of the city. Snow began to fall. Capacious flakes meandered from high above, dancing through casting beams of light that fell from street lamps and headlights alike. Had I not known that I was at work and currently responding to yet another call, I may have dared to say that the city looked peaceful and blessed by holiday bliss. But that would have been a lie, especially after what was to come. The house was nestled away among many look-alikes on a sleepy residential. A tapestry of red, green, blue, and captivating white lights guided us along the snow-covered road. The house we were going to was near the end of the street, deeper into the seclusion of suburbia. A quaint place, white siding with blue trimming, neatly upkept so as to boast a welcoming sight. My partner and I dismounted from the ambulance and began to make our way to the front door. I could hear muffled pleas and cries emanating from within the walls of this place. Our footfalls crunched noisily as the weight of our bodies compacted the freshly falling snow. After knocking on the door, it pulled open and away from us. Standing in the doorway was a pale woman, tear-stained and jerking where she stood. The hiccups of grief. I had seen them many times by this point in my career. We pushed into the home and made our way down a darkened hallway. Leading us was a bright light that bled out from a room at the end of it. It was the bathroom. The closer we got, the stronger, more potent the stench of sickly feces became. Without even laying eyes on our patient, I knew by smell alone that whoever it was had suffered from cardiac arrest. There are a few unexplainable nuances that are gifted to us paramedics throughout our time and service. Experience is a skillful and merciless tutor. When I rounded the corner and made visual of the bathroom, I observed a male, slightly older than myself, propping up a thin, clammy body that sat atop of the toilet. 
The man being held upright was an emaciated older male that I knew to be of relation to the younger man, as the resemblance was uncanny, even though in this moment they looked nothing alike. It's my dad. Please, help me. A voice begged. I reached in and now took the weight of the body and dragged him from toilet to hallway floor. His limbs were without protest or coordination. They were limp and lifeless. He was so thin that each rib was visible to the naked eye. He was elderly, sure, but he looked much older than he should have. I asked if he was sick. The younger man informed me that his father had end-stage cancer and a DNR. Do not resuscitate. My partner asked to see the papers to make damn sure that we followed legal order. By this time, the grieving woman had retrieved the papers and now guarded them in her hands. As my partner outstretched his hand to receive them, she backed up and away from him, never losing eye contact. No, God, no, please. Not on Christmas. My partner Jason spoke softly to the woman, telling her that we need to see the papers. We need to know what to do, ma'am. Please. He beckoned once more. With the crippling heft of reluctance, she let loose the papers, all the while uttering with staccato. No. No. Not on Christmas. Not on Christmas. Throughout this exchange, my fingers remained planted to the inner side of the man's neck. I had at one point felt a waning flicker of a pulse. By the time Jason had gotten the papers, I felt nothing. No lub, no dub, a stilled heart. Jason looked down at me and I up at him. We knew there was nothing we could do. So, on a cold, snowy Christmas night, we found ourselves in a stranger's house, and for a finite moment in time, not a creature was stirring, not even a mouse. It was as deafening as the home I had grown up in. Flickering lights invaded through the window. How eerily similar this was to when I was a boy. Silent night. Holy night. All is calm. All is bright. Round. Yawn. Dead. And gone.
At the end of my shift, I would go home. I would walk through the door, remove my boots, hang up my work coat, and wander over to the fridge. I pulled out the scotch. Nothing to celebrate on this most cheerless Christmas morning. But drink, I would. I was in a relationship at the time, if you can call it that. She hated me, and I hated, well, me as well. We had, however, agreed to spend Christmas together. Said that maybe, just maybe, the magic of the season would help us fix our broken cohabitation. It wouldn't. It didn't. Instead, after kissing me on the lips, then withdrawing to the bathroom, her phone would buzz to life with messages, thanking her for the amazing blowjobs she gives. When I confronted her about it, she just stared at me deadpan, unapologetic and as apathetic as a statue. I felt as though there was only one thing I could do. I grabbed my bottle of scotch, threw on my winter jacket, and set out, one wayfarer footstep after the other. Eventually, I would find myself on a park bench overlooking a man-made lake. The only thing keeping me warm was the tawny intoxicant I consumed while sat despondently in the snow. For a good many a year, Christmas was difficult. When I had become too unwell to continue working on the ambulance, I had foolishly hoped that my fondness for the season would return. Instead, one month before the start of this fabled and traditioned holiday began, my mother would die by way of suicide. That first Christmas without her, I sat alone in my crumbling apartment, glaring out the window through veiled tears and whiskey gape, watching the fulgurating red and blue lights invade through my window. The police were on their way to someone's restless home, and I just watched, same as I did as a kid. Now let's talk about last year. Last year was different. For one, I was sober. For two, I was gifted something unexpected and unrequested. I found love. After returning home to sign copies of my memoir, A Medic's Mind, I reacquainted with a beautiful woman whom I had gone to high school with. We chatted over the phone and decided to spend Christmas in the city together. We went out on Christmas Eve and to my cheerful delight, it was as though the city had rented itself over to us. Not a soul to be seen or heard. All the splendor of Christmas in the city, and none of the vexations. That was the first night in seemingly countless years where a smile befell me and it was genuine and immovable. Something about her just felt like Christmas. The warmth, the comfort, the kindness and selflessness. It was as though the universe had wrapped her in a blended button-down, scarf and gloves, and with her eyes, it was she who unwrapped me, one twisted wall after the next. I unraveled to display my vulnerability, and she gifted me gentle sincerity. Take another hop through time and we find ourselves in present day. I am now living with this woman. For the first time in a long time, I am actually looking forward to the season, to the day, to Christmas. Sadness still lives within me, but so does hope, 
and hope shines brighter than any shadow of doubt. I'm a lucky man. I'm lucky to be alive, to be safe and secure, comforted and cared for. And I'm lucky, nay, grateful to have had a family that on more than one occasion tried to make Christmas feel like it's supposed to, even in light of the demons we all faced. What a gift that is to have been bestowed. And so you see, I do love Christmas, but I also hate it. But this year, I'm learning to love it just a little bit more. As for the sounds of the house, is it still? Is it quiet? Well, within these walls dwell a five and nine-year-old. So yes, there's plenty of stirring. And you know what? That's pretty alright by me. I've heard enough silence. Its emptiness is too loud for me. But not this year. Not on Christmas.
It's Matt from Emetics Mind here. Thanks for listening to the Emetics Mind podcast. If you're interested in supporting my work, please consider heading over to anchor.fm slash emeticsmind slash support and donate today. Or simply like and share this episode with your friends to help me grow on this platform. Don't forget, Emetics Mind the book is available worldwide wherever books are sold. Get yours today. Thanks again for your continued support and kindness. Be well. Be safe, and above all else, keep talking to each other. Mm-hmm.